You're listening to the AfterBuzz TV Network. Now the largest new media platform on the web and your number one source for after-show entertainment. Very good, The AfterBuzz Studios in Los Angeles, California. Presented by Maria Menunos and streaming live thanks to Akamai Technologies. This is AfterBuzz TV's Banshee After Show. We'll break down tonight's episode and get you all the latest news and gossip. And now, another post-game wrap-up show for your favorite TV show. It's AfterBuzz TV's Banshee. Hey there, Banshees. You know what time it is. Talking about Banshee here on AfterBuzz TV. Season 2, Episode 4. I am Matt Lieberman. Joining me, as always, is the fantastic and talented Miss Oriana Leo. Hello, everybody. And we, uh, we're going to... Bloodlines yeah. is our episode title. Bloodlines. Season 2, Episode 4, Bloodlines. Uh, Monis Rose is going to be joining us on the phone just a little bit. Uh, we're going to get right to it because we don't have a ton of time today. We apologize to those of you fans looking out for the show on Tuesday morning. We we unfortunately we did have to push it back. It's my fault. I take personal responsibility. She had a personal illness. It's okay. You know, I'm much better now. Thank you. Banshee still goes down smooth a few days later than we expected. Uh, but such a great action-packed episode, kind of a part two to last week's episode. That's right. Uh, and, you know, like it was so satisfying on so many different levels, we got the conclusion of this murder case. We got some great movement uh, and complication in the Kai Alex rivalry. Uh, Jason Hood continued to mess sh- shit up for everybody, right? You know, uh, and I, I f- and Chayton is has been released. Chayton has been unleashed. Chayton unleashed himself. Yeah. Wow. Through sheer power, bashing himself. Bashing himself. We got we got Monis on the line. Is Hi, Monis. Here? Hey guys. Hey, thanks for uh, having me. Appreciate it, dude. Of course, we're so happy to have you. You're part of the family. Absolutely. Hell yeah! I wanted to. Uh, I was just. I was stoked on this last Banshee episode, which you guys are already talking about, and I needed. I needed to get join the party. If you know what I'm saying. Oh, of course. Well, you're <laughs> all, an always welcome party guest. We were just talking about uh, Chayton. Completely obliterating that police car, and and what I'm pretty sure is the single longest car flip ever filmed. Mm. It's like an eight second long car <laughs> flip. The car just flips like for an eternity before he he busts out. It does, and I, is Chayton's face pure metal? I mean, and then his, I feel that James Earl Jones's voice, like he just stole that voice. <laughs> Copper, I will pound this, and then just do destruction no matter where I yeah. am. I, I we will meet of again, like a cop. Or something. Yeah, <laughs> no, he's like, he's basically a Terminator. Yes, he totally. He's basically a Terminator. Uh, he com- bashes in the the grating with his skull, and you think, like, what, is he crazy? He's trying to kill himself? No. Then he starts kicking it with his superpower kicks, bursts it open, they go flying off the road. Terrifying. Yeah. Poor Shabon and, and Emmett. Who he insults? He says he's not a good black man. He's not. A, he's a discredit to his race. My first thought was, why didn't they tranquilize this guy before they transported him? Like he's a giant. I don't know. Right? Maybe it's illegal. You Nothing know, is feel, illegal in Banshee. You know, this, I feel the theme of Banshee. I think uh, a big theme is just giants in general. That this show just hmm. loves giants in general. They want to find the biggest, the biggest albino, the biggest, strongest. <laughs> Indian, the biggest, 
the biggest Amish to ever walk the day. Like, <laughs> they just find giants. Yeah. I can't wait to ask uh, Greg Utanis, the showrunner and executive producer, is going to be on next week. And I look forward to asking him about About giants. giant casting yes. or giant obsession. Yeah. Um, but regardless... You know he's a big threat. He tells uh, he tells Shaban, you know, let uh, let you know your sheriff know we will meet again. Mm-hmm. Um, and he tosses the chains. Yeah, the chains in Emmett's face. White people in chains. Ugh. It was all awesome, and like I'm like biting my nails. Uh, what is this guy going to do? He is a one man wrecking crew. Uh, terrified to see what he does to our dear dear sheriff. Uh, now on the other side of things. We have this open investigation uh, into the murder of Lana Cleary. Still can't find Solomon. What's going on? Until we get a tip uh, that one of Solomon's friends, Daniel, left the fold mm-hmm. and uh, is squatting in this uh, in this abandoned place. Apparently, there's a lot of squatters here in Banshee, young squatters. And he just wanted to read. He wasn't a, a rough-and-tumble boy. He wasn't revolutionary. He, just he wanted was curious. To- yeah. And that was enough to get him kicked out. And you know, as as it, that might that whole scene, it might seem cheesy, but I feel it's very real. I mean, for a person that you know wants to abandon these uh, very archaic ways and just yeah, he wants to read. He wants to you know have a regular teenager life. I mean, that actually is that that whole scene. Yes, it might have appeared. Oh, he just wants to read Catcher in the Rye, but in a way, it was very poignant. It was very meaningful because they're. You know, that that really hit home with the show and once again bringing back this whole Amish community that the show revolves around. Oh, absolutely. You know, uh, one of the big themes in this episode, you look at, you know, you look at Daniel, you look at Solomon, you look at Rebecca, you look at Kai and how uh, how their faith that they were born with has kind of failed them. Mm -hmm. And then you also on the other side have this family that, you know, it's kind of failed them, too, because you can see that moment when they finally find Solomon and, you know, uh, Rebecca and Solomon's uh, parents are embracing him. They want to embrace her, too. Sure. You know, it, it's just as painful on both sides. They ju- they just don't have, you know, the requisite balls a la Kai to, mm-hmm. you know, to part with it. You know, Kai says, you know, look, your God brought you nothing. I acted and I brought your son back to you while you cowered in your homes versus they believe that, you know, what if God used you as his divine instrument? Right. And, um, and he's yeah. like, go look at what I did to Jonah. That wasn't God. That was me. Right. But they're going to find a way to paint the story in you know hindsight right. that it was always God's doing. Absolutely. But that's kind of the biggest, most interesting question to me is, you know, you can't really say that either one is more right than the other. Sure. You know, um, Kai's actions, while in willing defiance of uh, of God and all that he stands for, still did what you know, these these Amish can say was God's will or, you know, being a rebel and being cast out, but still being the protector of the Amish community. Maybe that's the role that God gave him. Maybe Sounds that's kind of convenient, right? It is kind of convenient. But at the same time, this is how this is how these people operate. This is their this is their psychology. <coughs> and, you know, it weighs especially heavy on Rebecca, mm-hmm. who, you know, is, is all of her feelings are so confused, you know, and then that scene with Jason. The sex scene definitely illustrated Which, her confusion. Yeah. It, it was, and honestly, that was my most disappointing note that I have on this episode, is that the sheriff, he did not, he was not the one with the sex. They gave it to Jason. <laughs> I was like, come on. It, it, 
They kept it in the family. They kept it in the hood family. It's all good in the hood. It was pretty, un- it was uncomfortable I to guess, watch for yeah. me. It was, but I'm, I'm used to the sheriff having this hot and steamy stuff, not this little skinny, scrawny uh, Well, Yeah. And it's not just that. It's it's what's happening in this sex, you know, when when Lucas is called upon to do his manly duty. Mm-hmm. You know, he and the woman that he's with, they meet in the middle. They're very present. It's very intense, you know, at times tender sex. This is she's trying to dis- dissociate right. from her feelings, from her past, and from what's happening right now, trying to get some empty pleasure and also just kind of disappear for a moment and try to forget who she is. Right. And it's like, it's really sad, it's sad that she's kind of fallen to this place. But at the same time, I'd almost rather she do that than bang her uncle, which is what I'm so worried <laughs> is going to happen. True. Okay. Well, I think it's still a better option. I would agree with you. Yeah. Yeah. True, true, true. Yeah. Oy, Vazemir. Yeah, no, it, Rebecca got put through the ringer this week. We found out that, you know, it, her little friend... On uh, on the on the Haisha, yeah, Haisha says she didn't set her up. Didn't set her up. But then again, that leaves us the question: of, Who was that? Well, it, it, no, I think that that was definitely Jonah. You think that was Jonah? I think that that was Jonah because he wasn't a giant. He was a giant. He was big. You well, think so? And he was that fast? Well, yeah, that's what that's what I find most interesting because he is he's a big dude. He's not necessarily a giant, but he is he's he's mammoth. He's mammoth. He's he's, he's a mammoth I, regular yeah. person. Let's just say, you know, I've I've been to an Amish community. I've never seen an Amish person that large and in charge before. Yeah. And and really, like, I can't even pronounce the real actor's name. I'm, I'm going to butcher it. But, like, he, even he has a mammoth name. His real name is Olafur Olafsson. I mean, yeah. That's wow. <laughs> Boom. Viking. <laughs> no, he looks like he looks like a a badass Harry Knowles for anyone who reads Ain't It Cool News. Uh, Harry Knowles is this uh, large, red-headed man with a beard who runs that site and has done since 96. Totally um, over my head. That's fine. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, he's, like, moving with these lightning feet through the forest, but he's still, he's at least, he's at least 300 pounds. Yeah. He's a big old dude. Um, and super creepy. You know, if you watch the third episode again, you can see him at the crime scene. Really? Standing in the background. Yeah, the first shot's like, there's a crowd shot. You watched and, it again? Mm-hmm, and he's he's standing right there, Creepy. stone-faced. Yeah. Um, and, you know, he's this teacher who considers himself responsible for the religious well-being of his students and making sure that they don't step out of line. And he's got this deep, violent streak inside of him. So bizarre. When Lucas Hood goes to his house, to Jonah's house, to ask him questions, yeah. and we find out that, you know, he was married, and he gives us this backstory. Yeah. I was listening to it, trying to understand, like, how is this going to help me understand this man better? And I still don't know. Like, how... It just, just he's a socio, he's a sociopath, yeah. he's a psychopath. Well, it's 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 the the difference between you know faith and obsession. You know, w- w- faith is you believe in something more powerful than yourself. You show respect to it, and you know you kind of you you pay homage to this power in whatever way makes you feel uh, better. You know, safer or more in line or in tune with the universe. This he's perverted his own faith into this obsession with keeping other people in line. Like he's an enforcer. Yeah, and protecting the faith. He sees himself as this, you know, angel of retribution. Right. Coming down on these people who are actively attacking his God and his faith and his people. 
You know, he's left with no one. I think the biggest thing that changed him into whatever he is now, it's not the death of his wife. It's that he was left with no children. Mm. Um, And so instead, he's been put in charge of these other children. And he knows if I had raised these children, they would never be these cursed blood, you know, free thinking people. I think that's really interesting. He does. Go ahead, Manus. Oh, yeah. Yeah. These people, these children who just want to read Catcher in the Rye. They just want to read some Challenger. Lord and the Fly. Lord of the Flies isn't isn't even as subversive as Catcher in the Rye. (laughs) You're right. Yeah. And there's death in that. Sorry. Go ahead, (laughs) Oreo. Um. I honestly lost my thought. Sorry. Oh, okay. <laughs> It'll come back. Oh, no, no. <laughs> yeah. Um, but uh, I especially love there were, this whole episode was an episode of parallels, whether we're talking about faith and obsession mm-hmm. or, you know, Kai versus Alex and, you know, sort of Pennsylvania Dutch versus the tribe. But then we also have the, the dual interrogation styles of Lucas Hood mm-hmm. and Kai Proctor, you know, where Lucas is slowly drawing information out of out of this guy and kind of getting some of his backstory and then using his, you know, investigative skills to notice that he's bleeding he's, out of his leg. Right. You know, like a stuck pig. <laughs> realizing that he's that he's a liar, getting him into this big old fight versus Kai, who surgically and viciously, you know, tears this dude down, shoves a hot poker through his chin, and then starts pulling out teeth till he gets what he wants. And to think that Lucas was ineffective by p- putting him against the wood-burning oven yeah. and searing his skin, that was ineffective. In that was ineffective. Truth. you got to take a man apart. You can't just piece damage Piece by piece. Piece right. by piece. And, and I thought it was interesting, the use of torture of propping the, his mouth open mm-hmm. so he couldn't close it. And then, and getting like asking him to speak, I thought that was an interesting metaphor mm-hmm. of like you're going to open your mouth, and yeah. I'm going to take what I want out of it until you give me what I want. Exactly. Like, and he did. He took seven teeth. He took seven teeth, used them as a peace offering, um, and we're going to get into that thread in just a moment. Just want to talk really quickly about the iTunes people. Uh, I thank you for downloading this podcast. You can stream it on any of your devices that you want, whether it be a tablet, a phone, a computer, or even some televisions. I think that that's pretty incredible. It is technology amazing. Technology is an amazing thing. <laughs> the Pennsylvania Dutch choose not to use technology, which means they can't listen to this wonderful podcast. Boo. But you can. Now, when you're living in a world as evolved as ours, where we have such incredible technology, you know, there's a bit of a give and take. You know, the Pennsylvania Dutch, they pray to their Lord, yes. you know, uh, and, they, and they tithe. We ask for no tithe. No. We ask for no money in our bowl. All we ask for is some kind words and some nice bright stars on the iTunes. So <laughs> go to iTunes, slap the show with a rating, with a review. It means the world. It only takes a moment. It, the review doesn't have to make sense. In fact, I'd almost be more proud if all of the reviews were complete nonsense, nonsense words. Five Uh, stars. Yeah, five stars. (laughs) Beautiful. You could just write title, great, subject, great, five stars. Boom. Boom. There you go. And I'll tell you why you do it. You do it because you appreciate what we do, and it helps us out because it helps us come up in the ratings. We want to be the number one Banshee podcast on the web. We want to be the number one show on AfterBuzz TV. This is not impossible. Nope. We have the best Fans, Fanshees. Yeah. And especially now that Banshee has been renewed for a third season. <gasps> Woo! Yeah. Oh, yeah. All right. That's yeah. right. Banshee was renewed for a third season in the past week. I huge. didn't know this. This isn't brand new to me. Oh, man. Absolutely huge. So we're going to be around for a while. Woo-hoo. So let's 
till this earth, nature this <laughs> podcast, so that it may bloom in seasons to come. Guys, Sounds I say great. we uh, all go for some shivas and sugars after this uh, after this <laughs> taping right now. I mean, I'm, I'm feeling I'm feeling some love from the sugars. You know what I mean? Sounds good. <laughs> yeah, sounds great. I'm, I'm, I'm just I'm not sitting in that uh, in that hood chair. What Lucas Hood's chair? One? Oh yeah, the old Lucas Hood's chair. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you don't want to. That's an unlucky that. chair, I think. Okay, Anyways, we're, we're going to get to that too. Um, <laughs> yeah, everybody got a nice piece of this episode. Mm-hmm. It was really, really well designed. Because uh, we basically, I think we got time with every single member of our cast, mm-hmm. which, you know, doesn't often happen. Um, you know, we got to catch up with uh, with Kai and Alex having their little tete-a-tetes. In the coffee shop. In the coffee shop. Throwing down. Yeah, throwing <laughs> down, punching plates, sending all kinds of things all going, you know, like uh, Kai won't stop hitting that dang wooden whatever it is. The karate trainer machine. His karate trainer. Yeah, you know. Surprisingly low tech. Surprisingly low tech. It's Amish in that way. Yeah, that's his most Amish possession. Yeah. uh, Except for the bonnets he makes his prostitutes wear. (laughs) And uh, he uses it to effectively kick the crap out of Alex, who does not have nearly as much training, but he does have way more knives up his sleeve. Mm -hmm. Um, Almost thrown down, almost becoming a murder. You know, Alex wants war. Kai is trying to, you know, show him that there's a better way, that it takes more courage to make peace than to make war. He says it's his father's quote. And Alex That's is like... That's awfully convenient, Kai. Yeah. Well, Alex is like, you were a tool. Yeah. You know, my father used you and he hated you. You were disgusting. Kai just brushes it off. He knows that peace is going to ultimately work out better for all parties involved. Yeah, Kai's going to do whatever it takes. He says that. He yeah. says, I'm going to do whatever it takes. And if it's peace, it's peace. If it's murder and mayhem, that's what it'll take. Right. And I'm trying to do what I can to make sure that it is peace. Right. You know. If that's what's good for his bottom line, I think. Exactly. And uh, by the end of this episode, he comes to Alex and he bestows upon him the seven teeth uh, that he took out of Jonah's mouth as a peace offering. And Alex actually kind of comes around, listens to reason, and Nola flips out. Yep. She (laughs) she absolutely loses it on him, you know, uh, and he kind of kicks her out. He's like, you know what? You're not you're not good for the tribe. You're not good for me. Maybe you should never have come back. And I love that she says, like, don't hesitate. You know, you're finally acting like a chief. Yeah, you're finally acting. Don't ruin it. Don't ruin it right now. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And then uh, and then Nola. She does things her own way. I mean, she. I think that and that's how I feel. Nola has always done things her own way. Mm-hmm. She had the last say you know? with the giant. Yes, she did. Oh yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah. She totally tomahawks Jonah in the face. So I have a question, you guys. Yeah. Uh, when she's passing by Job, mm-hmm. who we get to see more of this episode as well, in some fabulous, outfits. in some fabulous outfits, and they they compliment on each other on their outfits. I was kind of expecting something to come of that, or something will come of that. That will Job recognize her outfit from the heist? Um, or I, I thought something might. Do you know what I mean? I was expecting that to lead to something else. I don't know. I mean, it, it could either be jogging either of their memories about the heist, or you know, kind of just setting them up to either collide or come together later on in the series. If I could think of two people who I think would think each other were hilarious, it would, they would be, be a good team. Joe I Nola. Think. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. You know, 
Maybe um, they could have their own spinoff. Well, here's the thing, right? <laughs> you know, uh, Lucas and Job have that heart to heart after Job realizes that Deva is Lucas's daughter. Right. And, you know, Lucas finally is like, okay, we can leave. Does he say that or does he say, go ahead, fence the diamonds in yeah, New fence, York? Yeah, fence the diamonds. But it's like the first sign of like, okay, we can leave. When Lucas, you know, reneges on that again, as he absolutely will... Who's to say Job won't jump ship and switch sides? Totally. You know, I mean, mm. they have this bond together, but Lucas has done nothing but just bring shit to his door. And Job says "You that bad things come to people that are too close to you. Yeah. And I think Job knows from personal experience. Oh, absolutely. Right? He lost his salon. He lost he's, everything. Yeah. You know, um, so he's absolutely going to take care of himself if he has to. And he may, he may very well pick another side. Mm. Um, I also loved his, uh, his encounters with Luke uh, or with Jason this episode, um, where he just, he suitably just took him down. He just tore him a new one. Mm-hmm. The size of a double wide. Yeah. Well, well-deserved double wide new one. Job. When's my fake ID going to be ready? Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. I, there are so many. Wait, cl- what's, yeah. What's, um, they need to start though calling, um, Jason by his new name, Miriam, right? Marion. Marion, yeah. Marian. Just for that, I'm calling Marian. you Marion. That's funny, mm-hmm. too, to be, have the power to pick someone's new name and have it make it pretty bad. Yeah. Well, I have an uncle. I have an auntie. See, that's bad. I have an auntie, Marion. Aw. Mo. Aw. Aunt Mo. Aunt Mo. Aunt Mo, this episode is dedicated to you. <laughs> um. All right. What else What else we got? Uh. Well... We have this whole Carrie storyline. Yeah, which we haven't really touched on in the last show. I mean, each show episode in the last two have opened with her having uh, either a visitor or a memory just about her children. This yeah. one was a fantasy, a dream. A fantasy where Gordon has come around and he takes her home and her kids still love her. And, yeah. you know, it kind of it kind of shows what she wants at the moment. She... She she wishes that Carrie was still around. Yeah, her marriage wasn't perfect. Yeah, you know, she had struggles raising her kids, but she would give anything to get it all back. And then to see the to see the um the contrast between Anna and Carrie in her own dream mm-hmm. of her past self, the dark, kind of sexy, mysterious Anna. Yeah. You know, come by while her husband Gordon turns into Lucas Hood mm-hmm. and watching the sort of horror on her face of that's not who I am anymore. Wait, is it? And mm-hmm. who am I? And what do I want? And you could just see her conflict. Yeah. How confusing that must be. It's got to be incredibly compu- confusing. Monis, what do you think? It is. And I don't, I, you know, she is, she is mixed up. I don't know. Do you, I mean, is she going to go back to her old ways or her new ways? I mean, obviously, I, I feel though she needs a response from somebody on the other end of the phone. I mean, she keeps on calling you know, her family, and no one's picking up. I feel somebody needs to pick up because, like, that. I feel that's her lifeline. I mean, if if no one picks up on the other end of the line in next week's episode, she's going to go down a dark path. I, I feel that mm. that's going to be the clincher because I mean, that's what's going to save her from, you know, the good present day to her past. If no one picks up, either her husband or her kids, yeah, she's great. Right. If she doesn't maintain a link to the to the present, to her present life, she's yeah. going to go into her past. I think that's absolutely right. And she says it on the phone. She says if that I can do this, but I need to hear from you if I'm going to keep my faith in here. Yeah. And I hate to say it's only 30 days. I can't imagine myself lasting 30 days in jail. But still, it's long enough for her 
to break without any communication from her family. Well, I mean, when you're in prison, it's that monotony. It's not just being trapped with all these, you know, potentially dangerous people. It's not just the fact that you have no privacy. You know, it's this regimented uh, system where you're going to see the same things every day. You're going to hear the same things every day at the exact same time every single day. And it makes it just last that much longer. Oh, wait. And then your psychotic dad gets in and Holy visits? Holy effing ass. <laughs> yes. Like, whoa, this isn't a safe and secure place. No, it's not. This is going to be your death. Exactly. <laughs> and, you know, for being shot twice in the chest and basically the face... Rabbit looks pretty good. He looks great. He's got, you know, he's got his breathing tube, but he's still, he's got all his marbles. Uh, and he has this, like, really intense and kind of beautiful. And scary. And scary monologue about his late wife. Um, and how, you know, he pursued her relentlessly. How love, truth, and insanity are all more interrelated than we want to believe. Mm-hmm. And it all goes back to the interview that I did with Jonathan Tropper at the beginning of the season mm-hmm. where he says, you know, uh, that what Rabbit considers to be, you know, love, other people see as insanity, as obsession, as sociopath, as sociopathy, mm-hmm. you know, like he, he loves holy and he will not be disrespected. He will not be hurt. He's constantly protecting himself from that. So to show up and basically let Carrie know, I have the power to do whatever I want. You have hurt me. You will never see me again. That's not him saying there will no longer be a threat to you. Right. It's if I want to kill you, I'm not even going to come say goodbye. I'm not even going to do it myself. Yeah. You know, like, I, it, it has taken too much from me to give my kind of love to you. I'm done. I'm done. You've completely rebuffed my love, the most intense kind of love that has ever been. So you don't deserve my attention. I f- was frightened by that. Yeah. I was frightened by that monologue. <laughs> it was beautiful, well, you know, but it was he, scary. He is very, he is very haunting just because, you know, they, they really teased it by, oh, Carrie, you just have a visitor, but... Rabbit, he closed down the entire like ward. I mean, yeah. it was just him and her. It wasn't even a visitation room. I mean, he had guards pointing Carrie. Like it was, Carrie wasn't even dragged. Just they, like even the guards and the nurses were afraid. Right. Dude has a crazy amount of power, money, and influence. Can I ask you guys a question? Yeah. Um, I know it was the. It's well, if you want to talk about it at the moment, it's the very last scene of the show. That little extra. Uh, please tell us about it. So. You know, viewers, you know, at the very last, they always have a little extra. What would you call that bit? It's like, it's a tag. It's it's a it's a little extra character bit. Right. So yeah. they had a little tag on Rabbit. Mm-hmm. But the camera zooms in over his right shoulder in the car. And there seemed to be, like, some kind of a hole hmm. or something in the back, the rear dash of the car. And I couldn't figure out what it was zooming in on. Um, what, if there was something to be seen at the... On the rear dash, was there something I wasn't getting? To to be perfect, to be perfectly honest, th- when I rewatched this episode, I forgot to watch the tag. <laughs> okay, uh, so, Monis, did well, you watch it? Did you watch it, Monis? Well, yeah, I did. Wait, so it's I feel like he's crushing. It's all like it's all a ruse. I feel. Um, wait, now we're talking about when he uh, crushes the oxygen mask, right? Yes. And it, the the camera zooms in and kind of pans over his shoulder so that it's only getting about half of his face. Mm-hmm. And I didn't know if I was supposed to be looking at something over his shoulder. On the back dash, there was an empty spot back there, and I didn't know if I was supposed to be looking at that or just the 
I don't just know. the half of his face? Was it a clue? I don't, I don't know. know. You know, you know what? I, I will tweet out what I think. Uh, after I rewatch it, okay. I'll, I'll tweet that out uh, today or tomorrow. And fans, I'm curious what you think. Yeah. So tweet out, um, please. But, yeah, you know, let's, let's open that up to the fan sheets, I feel. Yeah. Yes. Well, here, here's there. here's what it, it, it could be, or at least the, the point of that scene is he didn't need, the, it's either he didn't need the oxygen mask and that was all a bluff right. to make him look like he's weak. Maybe it was a, it's saying, you know, when he says this is the last time I see you, that that's an absolute lie. Right. And, uh... You know, he's just trying to make it look like it's all over just to lull them back into a sense of of security. Right. Um, or it's just sheer anger at what happened to him and how his relationship with his daughter has been tainted. You know, we there's a character that was introduced at the beginning of this season that we haven't seen in a while that I'm wondering – I'm still wondering how he plays into the show. And that's the character of the priest, Rabbit's brother. Right. Why introduce him – uh, if he's not going to play a more significant role in the proceedings. Now, we, we you know, I don't know if we're going to see Rabbit visit him or if Lucas is going to somehow visit him or he somehow, for some reason, descends upon Banshee. We don't know yet. But I'm, I'm, I'm very, very curious as to what Rabbit is up to now that he has his health mostly back. I'm very curious, too. Yeah. Are we going to get into predictions, or is that I not yet? I think it might be time. Do we have uh, any other any other big topics? We we have, uh, in two lines, uh, the fallout from Lucas and Shaban totally banging last week. Well, I feel like there was no fallout, because she just goes, it's no problem, boss. Yeah. It's, it's, eh. hey, it's no big. It's no big deal. Yeah. Oh, that, guys, that's. That's not over. We're still going to see a lot more of that. <laughs> That's and what I, the girl always says. Was, yeah, yeah. No, she's just, just playing saying, it cool. She's totally playing it cool. What are you saying, Monis? I think I, I think that's the, the the dream girl for all guys. You know, plays it cool regardless. I mean, out there, just yeah, it's cool. We're good. Awesome. Yeah. Well, we kind of see how their relationship is changing mm-hmm. when he shows up later, and he's like, "If I, I I didn't know how bad it was, I would have I would have shown up." She's like, "I know." You know, um, and you can read a lot into that. You can say um, she's disappointed that he didn't show, mm-hmm. um, which, you know, probably. But at the same time, I think she understands that he would have come if he knew and, you know, that he trusts her to handle her own stuff. Right. I, I do agree with Monis. We ain't seen the end of this. No, I agree. We haven't Not seen the end of Not by a long it. shot. Um, we have seen the new DA yeah. a few times, and I'm kind of thinking that I'd like to see some more of her. I'm sure we will. I'm sure we will, too. And I like that she says congratulations. Like, she doesn't even get mad that the giant's been tortured. She's just happy that that they did something right. Jonah, Jonah. Jonah, the giant. Well, here's the thing. It's not just that. She goes up to Jonah, and she's like, I hope it hurts. And and, uh, Lucas has his trademark... That was pretty cool. Smile, like of like of like I like her, you know. <laughs> and we know that sex will follow, yeah, because this oh, is yeah. banshee. Oh, speaking of which, um, yeah. I do have to do a little shout out. Shout out first of all, we have Please. Adam that's watching live. Hi, Hi Adam. Adam. Um, hey, what's up? And I have this great tweet that I retweeted from P Boy at P Boy, um, and it's a little sketch of the banshee pie. Oh, really? Yes. And so you guys will have to check out my Twitter at Miss Oriana Leo. But it's a little, it says, who wouldn't want a slice of this pie? And essentially it, uh, it sums up our, uh, boobies and blood. Oh, great. But it's even more in depth about what you get to see on Banshee. Sweet. So you have to check out my, uh, epic car flips, fights, <laughs> uh, whole bunch of stuff. So it's pretty funny. I yeah. enjoyed it. 
All right, sweet. Check it out. All right, I think it's time we hit up the predictions. I think so, too. And now, you're after Buzz TV predictions. Okay. Mana, since you're on the phone, I'm going to ask you to do it first. All right. So I feel next week's episode is really going to be about Carrie. I think, um, you know, I feel she's going to be out of prison next week. We're going to see that and... You know, we're not really, we're going to take a breather from the Amish, um, you know, Indian, Kanaho Indian, you know, conflict for a little bit. Now it's going to, we're going to get back, we're going to get back to, I feel, the the old ways. We're going to give a little rest, you know, to those, like the, the CSI-esque episode this two-parter was, and really see um, what has happened and what, what route Carrie is going to choose in this next episode. Nice. I like that prediction. Oriana. Um, I agree. I mean, I think that they, we've been, we're being led into a critical moment for Carrie. She's going to make it or break it, I think. Um, but I don't know what that means. I think this, that tag at the end with, with Rabbit meant something. I don't know what it is, but I think it means that Rabbit's not done. And in the near future of the following episodes. And I just want to say I found the tweet and it has a pie and it's like 98%. Yeah, no, I'm looking at it right and now. And it says, smoking hot women, sex, blood, fights, mean dudes, sex. And then there's a 2% that says other stuff. And it says, and for season three, we'll probably just remove other stuff. Yay! Yay! <laughs> I love and it. And Matt, what are your predictions? Uh, my predictions, well, I mean, I've seen the next episode, oh. so I'm not going to talk about that. In terms of the season, um, I think Jason Hood is going to get dead sooner or later. You know, I agree. He's he's he he's mal- I want him dead. Yeah, yeah, he is annoying he and is an idiot. ungrateful little brat. Yeah. Sound like my mother. But. And he's he's <laughs> going around banging people. He doesn't deserve any He doesn't deserve Rebecca banging. Bowman. Yeah. Plus it's like it's like even yes, even if uh Rebecca she doesn't even want Love. I mean, he's even, he's even a bad lover. I mean, come yeah, on. Totally. Oh, yeah, that was the most boring. Yeah. Like, no. Just for us as the viewer, we want better sex scenes. Mm-hmm. So no more. So no more Jason Hood No more sex. Jason Hood. Yes. <laughs> no. Take that off the yeah. table. Listen, bro. If you can't ball, then you're done. Get out of here. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, all right. So, yeah. Jason Hood's going to get dead. And I want to see Deva realize that Lucas Gosh. is her dad. Oh, yeah. Yeah. No, she's not going to, like, like turn her act around anytime soon. She's not going to put on soon. some light-colored lipstick. Nope. No way. All right. Uh... <laughs> Uh, Oriana, where yes. can the people find the you? The people can find me on Twitter at Miss Oriana Leo or Instagram at Oriana Leo. And please stay tuned for next week. We're going to have Greg Utanis, showrunner, director, executive producer, be our guest. So excited to have him. Monis Rose, where can the people find you? You can find me on Twitter at, at Rest Fiction, R-E-S-T Fiction. That's also restaurantfiction.com. All right, wonderful. And you can find me on Twitter at Matt Lieberman. That's M A T T L I E B E R M A N. Yeah, and you can find me on Instagram at Matty Lieberman if you're feeling nasty. Uh, <laughs> if you're watching AfterBuzz TV, you throw a dart. You could probably find a show that I'm on as long as it's not reality. I'm doing a whole bunch. We're we're doing Cinemax, uh, or that's Cinemax is the network that airs this show. I'm doing Helix on Sci-Fi, uh, Lost Girl also on Sci-Fi. Uh, Cougar Town, Agents of Shield, Almost Human, Justified. Probably new stuff going to be announced in the next couple of months. So That's stay amazing is what he's saying. That. And if you're in the Los Angeles area and you love live comedy, you could come out March 9th and see me do some live sketch.
sketch comedy at the I.O. West Comedy Theater on Hollywood Boulevard, 6366 Hollywood Boulevard, at 9 p.m. as a member of DJ Fawcett. Uh, fantastic sketch comedy, group re- uh, sketch comedy group recently featured at the Chicago Sketch Fest Festival. So fun. Amazing. It's the best. So listen, folks, come back. We're going to be back on Monday. Guarantee it. Sorry, Super Greg, promise. for re- yeah. ruining your uh, for ruining your morning coffee your morning yesterday. Coffee. Love that he's listening. Uh, yeah, he's going to be in the studio. It's going to be great. Please come back for that. Rate, comment on the iTunes. We love you. Good night. From executive producers Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other after shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Banshees Rule! The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.